Hi there. Welcome to the Soul Gym Podcast. My name is Daryl Jones. I wrote a book called Soul Gym, a manual to connect mind, body, and spirit for soulful living. The book is direct and brief, outlining the practices and exercises I have been engaged in for 20 years personally and supporting others with professionally for 15 years as a spiritual coach, mindfulness instructor, and minister. This podcast is support for the journey. Oftentimes, the gap from reading something, understanding it, and applying it to one's life can be great. Let this be your weekly inspiration and coaching to fuel you in living a soulful life. Get ready to stretch your mind and strengthen your heart as we step into the Soul Gym. Hello, 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 everybody. Rev Daryl here. So excited to be joining with you and that you have found your way back to the Soul Gym podcast. We are episode two. I was so excited to kick off last week with some of my personal story and journey about how I got to this place of exploring spirituality, of my personal notion of thinking about it as exercising, um, practicing, doing some action to bring about a greater sense of soulful living. But not only that, it's become a professional interest. It is my vocation. It is what I have done to support thousands and thousands of people around the planet in enjoying a better quality of life. This week, we're going to focus on consciousness, one of the cornerstones, one of the fundamental words of the Soul Gym, and I thought I would launch by reading a short excerpt from my book, Soul Gym, A Manual to Connect Mind, Body, and Spirit for Soulful Living. This comes from chapter one, entitled, Alert, Awake, and Aware, Consciousness. Consciousness is the ground of all being. To be conscious is to be alert, awake, and aware. Consciousness, then, is our state of alertness, awakeness, and awareness. These three words can be used together or interchangeably. Let's first start with the idea of awakeness. We all experience and understand changes in awakeness. Every night we lay our heads down, close our eyes with the intent of not being awake, and we go to sleep. Once asleep, there are various depths to that experience of sleep, but generally we sleep until we don't, and then we wake up. This waking up is not an on or off immediate change. Usually there is a process of awakening. Depending upon our actual number of hours of sleep, how late we last ate or drank something the night before, our personalities, relative stress level, among many other constant changing factors, our process of awakening from sleep may be fast or slow, easy or hard, but there is a lifting from sleep to awake. This lifting is moving from one state of consciousness to another. This is the work that... I challenge myself and you to explore every single day. We go to sleep every night and we wake up. And 
when we wake up, we don't wake up the same every single day, right? We have those days where we wake up and we feel rested. We wake up and we feel ready. We, f we wake up and we may even feel excited for whatever is coming in the day. And then there's those days we wake up, we call it the wrong side of the bed. Um, you may wake up uh, hungover, whether it's from consumption or maybe it's a, an emotional hangover from the day before. But we wake up a little funky. We are not quite right. We don't feel ourselves. We may consciously wake up, but we don't want to wake up. We don't want to get out of bed and engage with life. And then there's everything in between those two points on the spectrum. The bottom line is, is that every single day we wake up a little differently. And this awakening process isn't something to do right or wrong, but it is something to be conscious, to be aware of, to be present to. For when we are present to our alertness, when we are present to our experience, to the tone with which we step into the day, it is everything to allow us to have a relationship with that experience and navigate with it, right? If we know that we wake up and we're on the wrong side of the bed, we're feeling a little funky, if we're truly awake to that and we want to be in relationship to it, then we may make some immediate choices about what we do in the day. For example, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, maybe you woke up late and you have a meeting that's just 15 minutes from the moment that you opened your eyes. You may ask to postpone the meeting, you may ask to start the meeting a little late, or you may let the other participants know that you are running a bit behind and you might need five minutes. And that allows you to get ready and to step into your day and to do what you need to do, whether it's brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee or tea or drink some water, get yourself ready to step into that meeting as opposed to just jumping in, feeling a little bit off-center. The practices and the exercises of Soul Gym are all about supporting the process of awakening. They're there to help you get present and alert and aware to what is going on. That's it. Not so much to help you strategize or to ascertain if something is good or bad, right or wrong. It's really about being present. This is where the practice of mindfulness and mindfulness exercises, in particular meditation, are so critical and powerful. In any mindfulness exercise, whether it be a movement-based mindfulness like yoga, tai chi, qigong, a mindful walking experience, a mindful eating experience even, or if it's more of the traditional stoic stillness, focusing on the breath and welcoming an open state of awareness, all of those exercises are intended to get us present to the moment. The default tendency of our human mind and I, and I like to differentiate between the human mind and the spiritual mind. The human mind is conditional. The human mind is somewhat uh, too simple, I guess. It, 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 it lives in three and two dimensions. And 
the most popular two dimensions that it lives in is the, the duality of right and wrong, good and bad. And so our humanist is constantly seeking and trying to ascertain what's good, what's bad, what's right or wrong, what's good and what's evil. Um, and there's nothing wrong with this. It actually supports us. It serves us. But it is too simple for the complexity of our humanness as well as our spiritual selves. So to awaken out of the slumber of that simplicity to the multidimensional way that we uh, interact with life, not only in the linear um, intellectual mind, but the emotional heart, the energetic body, which doesn't really know any physical boundaries, right? That energy that you feel and you experience when you walk into a room, you don't know quite what's going on, but you feel an energy, right? It's an energy that feels, uh, that may resonate with you or it may feel discordant. There's the spiritual realm, this etheric realm, the mystical realm uh, that has nothing to do with the actual physicality of yourself. There's so many levels named and unnamed to our experience of life and the awakening that we attempt to um, support in the soul gym is a conscious connection to as many dimensions of you as possible. So our default way of understanding life in our humanity is by what we can experience with the five senses, right? What we can touch, what we can taste, what we can smell, what we can hear, what we can feel, and then there's the six dimensions, the seven dimensions, the dimensions that leave these five basic ones that we are indoctrinated into, that we uh, understand by our physical experience of humanity. The practices of the soul gym help us not only become aware of the spectrum, but it can help us integrate. Right, So if you have seen the cover of my book, there is a Venn diagram, right? A Venn diagram is what's used in research and a lot of scientific um, um, theorizing of where you take one, two, three, four, five, six, as many different um, ideas and concepts and you kind of bring them together and where they overlap is where things are interesting. Where you overlap is where there is the opportunity to do research and to explore. And so when we bring together the dimensions of our body, when we bring together the dimensions of our mind, and when we bring together the dimension of our spirit, that convergence in the center as it shows up on the cover of the book is where the soul is. And so we're becoming conscious of our soul not because of one area of our life, but because of all areas of our life. And whether it is praying or doing some form of spiritual mind treatment or affirmations or some other spoken word, maybe it's a mantra, or engaging in a meditation of some sort, whether it's journaling, whether it's reading some inspirational word, whether it's physically exercising the body, whether it's engaging with the external world and letting something like nature or water somehow bring an experience, um, 
the intellect of the mind. I am a nerd. I love uh, academia. I love studying. I love that. All of those things are one way that we have an awareness of life. But when we can find a way to activate all of them on a consistent basis, then our soul truly awakens. And the way that we interact with the world is different than the simplistic way that we kind of default to in our humanity. I hope that is clear and makes sense. So this idea of consciousness, this idea of becoming alert and, and supporting the process of awakening is what Soul Gym is all about. There isn't a singular awakening that needs to happen. There isn't five awakenings that need to happen. It is encouraging ourselves to be in relationship to the awakening that is constantly happening and from being present and truly aware that we are constantly awakening, something can emerge. One of my favorite um, tenets or teaching quotes from the world of mindfulness, from the world of Buddhism, um, comes from uh, a great teacher that brought some of these Eastern philosophical ideas and was able to translate them not only into English, but into, I think, uh, the Western mind, if you will. If you've ever spent any time outside this, I'm um, speaking specifically right now uh, in particular to an American audience in the United States, if you've ever stepped outside of the American vernacular, the American mindset, I would dare say, obviously we're a part of the Western world, but there's still something unique about the American drive that is intense, that is fast, that is about pushing and striving. And many of the ancient wisdom paths, whether it be Christianity, Judaism, Islam, to honor the Abrahamic faiths, or uh, Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, Zoroastrianism, um, Baha'i faiths, Jainism, Rastafarian, any of the other traditions which emulate from someplace else other than the current modern United States, but then even within the soil of this country, the Native American practices and traditions, it is about slowing down. It is about taking in more than pushing out. And I think, at least from my experience growing up in the United States, there is a celebration and a championing of pushing as hard as you can, striving. You know, it's all about the hustle. I was just reading a great book um, called The Four Pivots. And one of the pivots that the author invites is switching from this hustle 
mindset to being in the flow of life, accepting it as it is. And this is, this is what consciousness avails us. When we are really conscious, alert, awake, and aware, we can be present to what is actually happening. Not that we don't have aspirations, not that we don't uh, try, not that we don't plan for things in the future, not that we don't look into the past and analyze and learn and bring it forward to help us today, but to Get really present, though, to what actually is, because the gift of that is the awareness of what is and then the subsequent possibility to choose either to stay the course or to do something different. There isn't, again, any one right or wrong way to become conscious, to become awake, to become alert and aware but it does require responsibility and it does require effort. It requires us to activate, to take action, to do something, to bring our awareness greater into the present moment, understanding ourselves first and foremost, who we are, why we are, how we interact with the world, the thoughts, the default patterns, the behaviors that show up for us, and then look outside and notice that within others, within other systems. And then we have the opportunity to be in powerful relationship where we are not victims so much to circumstance, we are empowered to be in relationship to any circumstance. And this is the gift of consciousness. My master's degree is a master's in consciousness studies, studying the traditions around the world and the planet that we as humans have developed to become more conscious, to become more alert, to become more awake, to have greater understanding, to unlock the wisdom that is inherent in life. Whether it be a religious uh, consciousness practice, whether it be more of a sociological study, whether it be a psychological, whether it be a scientific, where you're in the lab, where you're doing quantum physics or um, standard physics study, or chemical study, or biochemical study, whatever it may be, it is all about awakening. And so I want to challenge you to take a moment. One of the exercises in the book is to uh, take a week, to take seven days, and from time to time, uh, stop whatever it is that you're doing and, and have a journal, and to just write down what is the thought that you're having. And maybe noticing your emotional state. Um, is it positive, neutral, or negative? Is the thought um, positive, neutral, or negative? And not to try to really do anything to change it, but just to capture, if you will, like a snapshot of where your attention is uh, a few times a day for about seven days in a row. And chances are the sum total of your experience of that week will match the um, greatest percentage of the types of thoughts and emotional states that you had. So if 80% of the time you found yourself in a negative state, that week probably wasn't a great experience of being you in the world. No judgment on it, but that's just simple math. Um, when we have that awareness of where we're defaulting to, then we can start engaging and in, informing in, in how we work out in the soul gym um, you know, if we find ourselves in a state of constant negativity, worry, doubt, and fear, then maybe we start exercising with some affirmations to start uplifting ourselves out of the negative into the neutral space, at least. 
We'll explore more of these in the weeks to come. But for now, I challenge you to get present, awake, alert, and aware of what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your spirit, and let that give you some awareness as you awaken to who you are in this world and empower you to choose as you step forward. Thank you so much for joining in today's session, in today's podcast. I look forward to talking to you next week. Peace and blessings to you. Thanks for stopping by the Soul Gym. I pray you experience some greater self-awareness, inspiration to experience a richer, more soulful life, and motivation to start working out your mind, body, and spirit today. Remember, you don't need to be anyone other than the unique expression of life you already are. However, to grow into deeper, soulful living, daily, consistent exercise is needed. If you'd like some support and help building and growing your personal soul gym, reach out and let's connect. I would love to do a one-on-one session with you. Explore more soul gym offerings at RevDarylJones.com. That's R-E-V-D-A-R-R-E-L-L-J-O-N-E-S.com. Until next week, may you practice love, light, and laughter.